Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome hour to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, 7 10, and the Seattle Sports app. Matt Nelson running the board, Joey Pyburn, who smells of bear meat, sitting next to me. And uh, somebody that smells like a Kodiak blacktail joining us now. Elevate your opti- optical experience with VortexOptics.com. He is the product experience manager for Vortex Optics, our dear friend, Mark Boardman. Good morning, Mark. How are you, man? Morning, buddy. Good morning, gentlemen. Man, I am doing great. Like I said, I'm just coming off an epic, epic hunt on Kodiak, finished cutting meat last night, and uh, now, now I'm talking to you guys, so life's good. So, just, just another part of your job. <laughs> you, you have to go out there and do this stuff, Mark, and and it, it's got to be tough, you know, flying all over the country, shooting deers and bears. And, tough, to, and, tough to be the product experience yeah, manager if you don't experience, experience products. All that, yeah. that stuff. Tell us about it, buddy. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you guys can see it from my perspective because it, it really is a burden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, so tell us about it, man. Kodiak Island blacktails. Let's have it. Dude, I mean, it, it, it was off the charts. I mean, you know, I mean, typical Kodiak, it gave us a little bit of everything. But, man, it, it was truly just one of the most fun, epic, you know, toughest, challenging. You know, I was with some of my best friends. Um, I was with, you know, Eric Barber, Sawyer Briel from work. Um, and then we met up with, uh, Brad Brooks and Jason from Argali Outdoors. And, uh, we just had, we had an awesome time and, uh, you know, that place is like, it's, uh, unforgiving and so giving at the same time, we all shot bomber blacktails. Um, you know, who got the biggest one, Mark? So here's (laughs) on this, on this one, I'll say like, I mean, if, if we're going to, I, it could have been me, you know, we haven't put a tape to anyone, any of them. I probably won't, you know what I mean? But, um, and, and that's just, that's just happenstance. I mean, if you want to put a tape to something, put it on, on the memories and the the size of that hunt, because it is, uh, you know, I mean, even for instance, like, you know, Eric and I shot two bucks that were together. He shot just a really heavy two point with eye guards. And I crept over the ridge and, you know, there's happened to be a, a super nice buck. And I'm like, yep, that one will do. Boom. He's like, you know, it's the same hunt. It's just, you know, just different deer. So um, it was, uh, it was just, I, I can't even put it into words as I'm not right now, but um, just, just couldn't, couldn't have been better. You know, we had rain fog. We, when Eric and I shot those two bucks, uh, we ended up, you know, it was sunny when we shot them. We packed them out in one of the gnarliest, nastiest rain and windstorms I've ever been in in my life, you know, to the point where, you know, we're hiking out and we had, uh, you know, Mike and Coop, our camera guys, who were just absolute studs. And, uh, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, you hear people getting blown off ridges and I'm like, hey, you know, be careful here because (laughs) it was just it was ripping. And then, you know, we packed the bucks off the next, you know, about noon. I think we left about noon to get to the um plane by five the next day to have them do a, a meat run and get the meat out of there but you know the next uh, by noon the next day we're packing them out in merino t-shirts so mm-hmm. it's just that's one of those things where you know kodiak is just you know the weather changes by the minute and uh you never know what it's going to throw at you and that's that's part of uh i guess that's part of what li- leaves you with a level of trepidation and it's part of what makes it so great 
So when you're when you're getting ready for a hunt like this, and you can pick any optics you want, any you know, you can pick uh, a the big eighty five spotter or or a, the little lightweight um, one that we like to run. What what do you what do you like to take on a, a hunt like this when you're you're heading into Alaska? You're going to chase down a Kodiak blacktail. What is Mark Boardman? What rifle does uh, scope do you put on your rifle? What spotter do you take? And what binos do you run? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, and you know, I mean, what I've been running for pretty much a lot of my hunts right now, and particularly something like Kodiak, where, um, you know, there's just, you, you just kind of need the best of the best, right? Um, so I was personally running a set of 12 by 50 uh, Razor UHD binos. That's what I had on my chest. I had the Razor HD 4000 uh, on my harness right next to them. And then on top of the rifle, I had the, uh, the Razor HD LHT uh, 3 to 15 by 42. And, and that thing, and we probably talked about it before, but I mean, it's, it's a fully featured top tier optic, uh, you know, built with all the, you know, things that you need to shoot long range if you have to. Uh, Eric and I shot our butts at, I think, uh, respective 60 and 80 yards. So we didn't need to dial that, <laughs> didn't need to dial that turret. And that's just the way that stock worked. I mean, that stock just worked out beautifully. I mean, the way the terrain laid out, I mean, it was tough getting in there, but it put us right, right on top of them. Um, I think it should actually make for some pretty cool footage. But, uh, and I mean, and that was my kit. And then we shared, um, you know, between the, the video guys and myself and Eric, we sh- shared a, a Razor uh, 65 millimeter angled spotter. And, uh, you know, that was one thing. I wasn't sure up there how much we would need the spotter. And we actually needed it, you know, a fair amount. I mean, you could spot these bucks from pretty far away up in that Alpine stuff. But um, to really get a look at them or see, like, if they are, you know, our bucks from, you know, a few miles away, um, it was, it was nice having the spotter for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was never a spotter guy because I didn't want to pack the extra weight. I always wanted to be as light as I could be. And I felt like if I had good, you know, optics in my binoculars that, uh, you know, I could tell if that was a animal that I wanted to take, but now I do a lot more looking at animals than shooting them. I, you know, at this point it's like, you know, I would rather hold out and, and wait for a mature animal. So it's kind of cool to be able to really zoom in and, and attach your phone to a critter and just watch them. And I it's, spend more time watching them and using a spotter is a great way. Well, you're you're you basically just, just like you're watching. And that's the cool to, to, to be able to put that phone on there. Now you got two guys looking at the same. And deal. then you can it, capture video, yes, and, you know, know especially just, with bears. I love watching and, bears. And, and I'm running just, that new angled spotter as well now. Yeah. And it's just, man, that thing is just a weapon, but it can save you. It, it you know it saves you making a stock on the wrong animal. Sure. It saves you time in the long run, and and it just it, it enhances your experience, Mark. No, I mean you guys you guys nailed it. You know, and and you know sometimes I bring it, sometimes sometimes I don't. Right, it just it depends on the hunt. And this was this was a hunt where I was definitely glad that we had we had brought one. You know, even looking at the aerials, I I was assuming like you know we'd be kind of peeking down into little cuts and being like, oh, there's a deer. You know, you know one to three hundred yards away and. And we were just doing a lot of um, spotting from literally miles away. I mean, when Eric and I put the stock on those bucks, we saw them from, you know, I don't know, two, two, three miles away at least, right? Um, and, and the 12s were great. I could tell that there was uh, some good bucks up in there, um, or at least that they, that they were bucks, right? But that's about all you could tell at that distance. So, um, and Eric had a set of 10, I think he had 10 by 50s or 10 by 42 UHDs um, is what he had on his chest. So even like a little less magnification, right? So, yeah, it just... But I mean that kit combined was just 
you know, it was perfect. It was off the charts. I really, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a thing that we did as far as, you know, what we brought for optics. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I've been running to is, is that whole, that same setup. So, okay. So I know Brad and, and those guys from Margali. What did you do to get in shape for this hunt? Because those guys are freaks and you know, you, you, you want to be able to keep up. You never know. Those guys might drag you 20 miles across the mountains and you, you got to be ready for that hunt. So what did you, what did you do leading up to this hunt to get yourself in shape? Oh yeah. I mean, Brad and Jason are just absolute manimal status, uh, when they, when they hit the mountains. And so, you know, I mean, I worked, you know, I, I uh, started working probably about the first of the year actually. And it, it wasn't really like um, oh, a new year's thing it was like, Hey, I got to get ready for this Kodiak hunt thing. So man, just, you know, I mean, it's the classics, you know, diet and exercise, basically saying, saying no to any, uh, you know, processed food and sugars and things like that. And, you know, saying no to myself when I didn't want to work out. So, and, um, you know, by, by this hunt, I was down 20 pounds. I was, you know, in, in better shape than I'd been in in a while. And, and honestly, I mean, the scary thing is, is like after the hunt, I was more motivated than ever to get in shape because it's still, it, you know, it still was a grinder. So, um, it, uh, yeah, that, that place is, uh, it's something else, uh, for sure. And, and I'd say one of the most challenging parts was just getting in. We flew into the ocean and, uh, you know, looking at the aerials, you're like, oh yeah, we could probably get up here, probably get up there. I mean, there was really one route that we could get up to the ridge system that we wanted to hunt and uh, it was steep, you know, I mean, it was, you know, micro spikes and, you know, up and down and, and, uh, you know, even going up the first time I was like, you know, you always hear like, Oh, don't go up, but you can't go down. And that was kind of in the back of my head, the whole hunt. I'm like, you know, how mm-hmm. are we going to get, you know, our camp and these bucks off this mountain. But at the end of the day, like, um, we did it right. And it's like, so now for me personally, it's like, okay, cool. Now when I see something that, that, that looks like that, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know I can do it and we can do it and, uh, and, uh, just get after it. So, so what you have a busy season coming up here. What's next? What's your next hunt? You know, so hopefully going to get out for a uh, uh, an archery elk hunt if I can fit that in, and then uh, rifle mule deer. So those are kind of the two biggies, you know, outside of uh, of uh, deer home in in Wisconsin. So going to hopefully get out for uh, you know a significant amount of time chase bucks with the bow, and and uh, so those are kind of the big three that that I've got coming. Well, up. and then uh, Joey tells me that you uh, you may be gracing our presence uh, this this time next year. Where we can get a little, uh, get a little rod time, a little rifle time in too. So I look forward to getting you back out here, Mark Boardman. And thank you for your time this morning. Go check out Vortex Optics, and also you guys do a, a, a pretty cool podcast. Tell us real briefly about that. So yeah, so that's you know that's a major component of what I do at Vortex, the Vortex Nation podcast. So we cover hunting, shooting, reloading. Uh, I mean, just, you know, a, a wide, uh, breadth of, of topics related to those things. And, uh, yeah. So if, if you, uh, are interested in those things, which I think a lot of your listeners are, give, uh, give us a listen, check it out. We, yeah. We hopefully don't, find something useful. We do not miss very many episodes. No question about it. He's Mark Boardman. Go check it out. Vortexoptics.com. Mark, you take care. Congratulations on a great buck, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Great chat, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Later, Mark. You take care. Also, quick reminder, uh, Hunter Side In, there's a Hunter Side In event on VortexOptics.com, but also the, the uh, Seattle Rifle and Pistol Association, that's srpa.org, is going to be open on weekends starting the 24th, the 25th of, uh, of September here and moving into October. So go check that out on more, srpa.org. Coming up next, the award-winning, critically acclaimed Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. 
The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. September Silver Salmon Spotlight has certainly happened with the $5,000 Edmonds Coho Derby on September 10th. Salmon for Soldiers Port Everett Day of Honor September 17th and the biggest Salmon Derby on the West Coast. The Everett Coho Derby the weekend uh, September 24th also out of the Port of Everett. And now appears that early push of Coho probably ended up on Hood Canal and South Sound as Creel's checks in the rest of Puget Sound are pretty slow, but have faith is it. The forecast is absolutely solid. CQ and PA are now picking up, and it's still pretty early. All we need is a good shot of rain, cooler daytime temps, and those Puget Sound Silvers are going to show. Brandon Polinick of Rathrum, Idaho, realized his dream of reaching the biggest stage in bass fishing, but by winning the 2022 Bassmaster Angler of the Year race, adding yet another trophy to his mantle, the prodigy is surely living up to his nickname. With a 25th place finish at the Bassmaster Elite at Mississippi River with 39 pounds, 11 ounces, Polinick clinched the Angler of the Year title Sunday, becoming just the 12th angler to win multiple Angler of the Year trophies, with his first title coming back in 2017. It's amazing. It hasn't sunk in all the way yet, Polinick said. The feeling of winning and that accomplishment, that moment and feeling when it's announced on stage... That is what makes all the hard work, the early mornings, the late nights, and the hard times okay. Polinick was able to enjoy his celebration on stage with his daughter Cora in his arms and his wife Tiffany by his side. Brandon's going to join us probably next week, too. He's a stud, I, I, dude, man. man. He's a local, you know, regional guy. Yep. We're after Idaho. Salmon fish are closed on the Columbia from Bowie to Bonneville Dam. With Chinook salmon catches trending well above average, Oregon Washington fishery manager today, excuse me, earlier this week, closed salmon angler from Bonneville to Bowie 10. Closure was deemed necessary. A preliminary data showed impacts to lower Columbia River Tulis were much higher than anticipated. From August 25th to 30th, an, un- an estimated 11,800 Chinook were kept in the Bowie 10 fishery with another 3,500 released. Unlike other fall Chinook stocks that return upstream Bonneville Dam, there's no approved method of updating the estimated return of Tulis below Bonneville in season. Therefore, fishery managers have to rely on preseason estimates with during how, how many impacts are allowed to ESA managed populations for the duration of, of this fishery. Manage, managers will continue to monitor the fisheries and runs of value if there's a possibility to reopen for salmon fishing later this fall. Anglers hoping for a crab dinner have through Labor Day weekend, September 5th specifically, to get their pots in. While crabbing now is not as easy as early in the season, there are still plenty of crab looking for an easy meal. The trick to late season crabbing involves relying on three key factors, namely depth, bait quality, and soak time. Fishing deeper in excess of 100 feet is challenging because of the line management. Good bait involves using all those salmon carcasses that you've piled up all summer long, along with raised bait crab blocks. Soak time. Soak times require fishing heavier pots, so will be in the same place you drop them when you come back to pick them up. After September 5th, WDFW will conduct a postseason analysis to determine when sport anglers get a winter season. And the word on the street is recreational crabbers will get something in the October to December time frame. Salmon fish reopened in Marine Area 13, South Sound. WDFW hit the pause button in Area 13 on August, August 29th, only to reopen the fishery two days, 11 hours, and 31 minutes into the unexpected closure. <laughs> WDFW reasons for the action primarily had to do with a report from REC and, and tribal in-river fishermen in the Nisqually and a fair amount of anecdotal info the department was hearing from fishermen and department staff over the last couple of weeks. WDFW salmon managers admitted this unnecessary closure was a mistake. This is what we were all afraid of when the Coho salmon were late to the Puget Sound party. A 27-year-old man connected to a string of bank robberies in the North Sound is now behind bars. 
Detectives say the suspect used fishing equipment to steal money at more than two dozen banks over seven months. Apparently, this wayward angler would wait for his favorite bank deposit fishing hole to be stocked with cash-filled bags, whereupon he would use his fishing skills for the evil purpose of snagging the deposit bags. WDFW has now closed all financial bank angling until further notice. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shock struts, and more at LesSchwab.com. This just in, Lieutenant Frank Drabin has been hired by the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. Mm. We're we right back here in the outdoor we line. We make jokes. Yeah. <laughs> WDFW is not closed. Bank angling. No, we're just kidding. <laughs> we'll be right back with none other than Joe Roder of Red's Fly Shop and the Canyon River Ranch here on the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's Wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the Wheelhouse here in Seattle Sports Station 710's The Outdoor Line. So, you know, you got guys that, that get all their eyes get all swimmy, and they talk about Montana blue ribbon fly fishing streams and stuff like that. How about a Montana experience 90 minutes east of right here in Seattle, Washington? That's Canyon River Ranch. That's Red's Fly Shop. And this is Joe Roeder. Welcome to the show, Joe. How you been? Morning, buddy. Yeah, I've been doing been doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on this morning. It's a perfect uh, perfect time of year to do an interview with you guys. Well, yeah, I just kind of started fantasizing about the whole cast and blast deal, and you know, like I was telling Joey earlier in the show, and Joey's been over there too. She's so like, you know, grab the dog, grab the shotgun, go warm up on the on the on the sporting clays. The afternoon you get there, and then in the morning get a little pheasant hunt in, and then. When the temperature warms up and the bugs start hatching, what are we going to do then, Joe? Uh, we're going to go fly fishing, man. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to go catch trout. Yeah, and fall is a great time because uh, the fish really, uh, they're very, uh, very active, extremely early in the morning and late in the evening during the summer. But once we start getting some cold nights, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, uh, the afternoons fish really good. So if somebody's coming from outside the area like Seattle, um, they can they can use that morning for drive time and then be here during the peak of the the bite, which you know in September and October is really noon, noon to four, noon to five, plenty of time to rally home uh, and uh, and make a whole great day out of it without beating yourself up trying to be here early or late. Well, or don't rally home. Yeah, just stay stay the night. Dude. Have have dinner down at the restaurant. You guys have amazing food. I you know Robbo and I were over there. We came over and stayed with him and his family um, last fall. And uh, it was it was beautiful over there, and went down. We went and did um, the sporting clays with with Rob and his wife and the girls, and and that was killer, dude. That is so much oh, it's fun, just and a it's gas. a great way to tune up before yes. you go yes. out there and chase those roosters. Yeah, it's a cool spot, man. And you guys have all kinds of stuff to do over there: mountain biking and trail running and hiking. And the you know the valley is your oyster. Go do what you want over there. I mean it. It's a cool place to hang out, wine tasting, a uh, great place to take the wife and get away for the weekend. And you can get up early and go chase some roosters and come back and have breakfast with the wife. And yeah, that's a killer spot, man. Yeah, it is. It, uh, there's, it, culturally, there's a little bit going on in the Yakima area. You know, you hit the nail on the head and you're wine tasting and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I love places like Republic, Washington, uh, it doesn't quite have the same vibe as Ellensburg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people who want to spend a lot of time here. But you hit the nail on the head. You're like, oh, why go home? I'm like, 
man, like a lot of people live here, like, yeah. like literally like move here. Like and it's a great place to live and, and recreate. And yeah, we get to, we get to catch stuff and shoot stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to call home. Yeah. I mean, I've got several friends that, that have moved to that neck of the woods and, and, you know, we'd love going to visit them just because, you know, I, I mean, you can get a little gray here in Western Washington. I don't, I don't know if you've heard a little bit, but I got a, you got a few more clear days in central Washington for sure. So, so when you, when we, we talk about this time of year, you often use the term flip flop time on, on, on the Akamai river. What do you mean by that, Joe Roder? Yeah. So it's a great time of year, this, this upcoming season for do it yourself anglers uh to fish the yakima it's great for guided trips too people want to do a guided trip wonderful i wouldn't stop you but the yakima it tends to kick people's butts because it runs super high in the summertime so june july august our river is ripping high it's high and swift and high and cold unlike a lot of the rivers in the rocky mountain states that get really warm and stagnant yakima is very unique it's one of the special things about it that it runs very high in the summer uh, 75% of the world's hops are grown in the lower Yakima Valley, you know, just downstream from the canyon where we're at. So they need a lot of water during the summertime, but in the fall, that irrigation man- demand subsides, and they begin to rely on the Tyatin River, which is a tributary to the Yakima that comes off a of White Pass, and they drop the main stem Yakima where we're at. So the river goes from, and I know these numbers don't mean a lot to some listeners, but 4,000 cubic feet per second of a volume down to like a thousand cubic feet per second of volume in October. So one fourth of the water, you get the same number of trout, one fourth of the water becomes much easier to read the water, see where the trout are living. And so anglers who are maybe newer, the, I mean, the Akamas is tough, man. It, it's a really challenging stream, but when you reduce that water by, you know, to 25% of its summer volume, it gets much easier to understand where to cast and where to be. And the fish's metabolism is still, they, they're still, the water's warm. They're still metabolizing a lot of energy quickly, but they also want to build up weight for winter. So the fall season here is very good for people who are newer to fly fishing beginners or people that have struggled to have success on the Acma other times of the year. Because it's like, it, in to equate it to like a ski run, it's like the summertime here is like a double black diamond ski run for a do-it-yourselfer. <laughs> And it's like kind of like learning how to ski on that. All you're going to do is fall down and get hurt and get injured. And you're probably not going to like it a whole lot after that. But, uh, this time of year, it turns into much more of a green or a blue slope. Oh, I knew you're going to say Bunny Hill. I, I, bunny, I, Hill. Was, <laughs> bunny, <laughs> bunny Hill rainbows. You know, I, I still always recommend, um, even, you know, I've done a lot of angling all over the place. Uh, anytime I go to a new system, uh, or, a river or even the salt water. I've, I've been to a lodge, you know, a couple lodges. I always recommend grab a guide Dude, the first day. No question. And let that guide yep. show you all he knows. Just crack his head open and dig out all that knowledge he has. And, and that will, that will make your experience Dude, we, much better. Then, then you can go back we, there. We can't and, be sending people over to crack your head open, Joe. I was just going <laughs> to. Nelson, I mean, how, many gui- how many guides have you cracked their heads open? Because I know that that's your signature move. Yeah, not, you not, have to, man. Dude, I'm, 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 work, I'm trying to be nicer. Okay, I'm trying to be nicer to the people on the boat. I'm just trying. I'm trying to be nicer now. So you know, kinder, gentler version of that's, Tom. That's it. That's it. And you notice I didn't. Re- I didn't refer to the to the fly line floatant as 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 procured garlic bloody tuna. I'm trying to be nicer, right? So no, we we definitely want to come over because one of the things we, we really haven't touched on. I mean, we you're focusing on the fishing. That's great, but you know, you guys, 
you you got a way to play golf with a shotgun over there with a sporting clays and and tell well, us they have about an archery range too and, and the pheasant release program. Tell tell us a little bit about that that, uh, that whole deal and how you guys have you know set up a you know kind of a little private pheasant release site there too, Joe. Yeah, I mean you know pheasant release you know programs are great because you can hunt an upland bird population to exhaustion sure. and guiding it Absolutely. quite quickly, especially with guides that have highly capable pointing dogs. I mean our bird hunting is our culture when we're not fly fishing at reds and so we supplement the population we release pheasants uh that are farm raised uh and we we release them onto what we call our preserve it's a state authorized section of land that we're allowed to supplement the population for for a hunting program we start that uh in about 10 days uh so you know the weather cools down we start releasing birds in about 10 days and it's a great way for people who haven't, you know, that maybe they're not the most hardcore bird hunter. Bird hunting is tough. Yeah. Um, generally requires, you know, either a really good dog or a lot of fitness, a little experience. But we make it a little bit more of a predictable adventure where there's going to be a little bit of shooting. Maybe somebody has a, you know, grandson, granddaughter, or friend uh, that they want to introduce to upland bird hunting and give them a little taste of the action right away so that they can get them hooked on it. It's a great way to do it, and uh, you know, a person doesn't need to have a hunting license to come do it. So, you get to buy. I'm all for hunters' education. I am a certified hunters' ed instructor for Department of Fish and Wildlife. But it's an opportunity for somebody to go do a little bird, bit of bird hunting without having to go through the full blown hunters' ed program to get hooked on it, see if they like it, and then go full bore getting the hunters' ed program later. So the there's some cool things about the bird hunting program we have that make it very accessible for people to get a little taste um <laughs> and, maybe, and, and maybe you have a 10 and a half year old lab that needs a needs a jump start and you know maybe so you know, i love that so. i love that all these things that we're so passionate about we're always like look we're just trying to get these kids hooked on this thing we just give them a little taste of this and show them this and next dude. thing you know they're full-on oh, they you are. know bird hunters and fly fishermen and i know but dude it's just it's 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 the real world. Well, when you what love it doing I mean, this yeah, so, just, stuff so much, you right. just want to pass it on and get other people involved. Totally, yeah. I mean, we're stewards of the landscape. We need more young stewards doing it, and it's a really good way. Like that bird, you know, our bird hunting program is really easy for somebody to just step into it. You've got kind instructors, you know, great guides. We're in the hospitality industry, but we're also very safe. Uh, and then we go crazy hunting wild birds. I mean, that's something we don't really guide for wild birds. Uh, but, you know, it's in our culture. We're chucker chasers, man. Uh, we like we like hiking those basalt rim canyons over here along the Yakima breaks. It's beautiful. It's great scenery. And for wild bird hunters, uh, the chuckers seem to be seem to have done really well this spring, despite it being a wet spring. And the quail seem to have done really well, too. Um, we've been seeing a lot of, a lot of chucker uh, both. So. Things are looking up. I mean, it's like it's all good. Our fishery is extremely healthy. I've been guiding there since 2000. I had my first guide license, so 23rd guide license consecutively on the Yakima. This fishery is as good and healthy and vibrant as it has ever been, despite more fishing pressure. Uh, the fishery itself is as healthy as it's ever been. I mean, just kudos to, you know, guides that have provided really good fish handling, paying it forward to anglers that want to come visit this cool place. Uh but yeah, we're health, healthy ecosystems here. 
And in fact, the steelhead runs are looking pretty decent on the Columbia River as well. Dude, uh, we're just we were looking at those counts yeah. this morning, dude. It's like you know we're we're seeing we're, we're seeing all the all all, all, all the salmon is yeah. yeah, and and when you compare it to the ten year average, we're seeing a steelhead run that we haven't seen in a decade mm-hmm. coming into the Columbia right now. So he's Joe Roder. Go check out. It's a five star living experience. It's a five star restaurant, and we don't have the stars available. Very special it, place. It's it is. It's a chunk of Montana right here in Washington. Canyon River Ranch net joe roter thank you for your time and okay we're coming that's it we're coming i'm gonna grab kathy and and a certain gray muzzled black lab and 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 we're coming we're coming joe thank you very much joe we appreciate your time this morning thanks have a great day today guys all right man uh check it out joe roter canyonriverranch.net and redsflyshop.com two uh two ways to uh get your rod bent and warm up that shotgun barrel and maybe warm up a a hunting dog as well and and maybe maybe yourself a little bit and coming in hunting season coming up next the hottest report we heard all week and the techniques you need to succeed it's rarewobsonrv.com's really where and it's next here on the outdoor line seattle sports season 710 and the seattle sports app no way Really? Where? It's coming back. The island of Tinian Delady. Where'd you get him, man? No way. You, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got him? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? Time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Pacific Northwest, Roy Robinson's all-new RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, tow haulers, pop-up scampers, and so very much more. Go check that out and more at RoyRobinsonRV.com. Do you miss our our RV down at Bowie 10? I do. Just a little bit. Just, you know, and... and Why don't we just have them park it at your house? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, it's it's fun to fish with the guys from Rural Robinson, too. They're a blast, They are, but, uh, you know, and and a lot of guys are planning on, you know, fishing that part of the river right now, and and, uh, it's it's closed, but we got some good opportunities here close to home, dude, and, and, you know... Right now, uh, we we still got area. You got area seven open. You got you got eight and nine and ten. But I'm telling you, with what I'm seeing right now, the best local opportunity has to be area ten. For it, sure, it, non-selective for coho right now. And 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 with you know, there's the, the runs are building. They're starting to come in right now. We're starting to see a good push of CQ. I tell you what, you could do a whole lot worse than rolling out and seeing Brandon Mason out at, at Olson's Mason's Resort right now. It, we're we're seeing some good numbers in the, in the straits right now, and, and CQ is definitely ground zero for the first wave of cold that's going to be pushing in from Nia Bay. And you're going to have some elbow room. Yeah, you know we're, yeah, we're going to get. Sure. Listen, Area Ten is going to get Hammer. crowded. Yep. yep. Once once these fish really push in in, in good numbers, there's going to be a lot of boats in Ten because mm-hmm. if you want to keep a coho, you're probably going to want to be. Like you said, hugging that nine ten line and, and staying in ten. You know, it, it, so go to go to EdmondsCohoDerby dot com. Go get a derby ticket. You get them on all the you know get the three rivers. John John Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Out, yep. Harbor Marine, and Everett Waterfront. Bayside. Yep, Holiday Sports. All those guys. Five thousand dollar first price. Who wins the five grand next year? Excuse me. Who next weekend? Who whoever wins that five grand is going to spend time with. A lot of time with the gear and water. First thing in the morning, you got to you got to be out there in the dark and grind that nine ten line, mm-hmm. and and because I, I'm telling you, the first wave of fish that comes in from nine that, that swings south into ten, the vanguard of that run of of of, of, or, of ocean orange and coho can be some of the biggest individuals, and they're going to be they're going to be caught at first light. 
Yeah, and, and we're not really seeing a bunch of big fish being caught out nah, there right now. Dude, a 12-pounder could win this easy. Yeah. And I, and I think it's going to take a 15, 16-pounder to win the Everett event in, you know, in, in a couple more weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Well, I you know, really where, yes, you're, you want to talk about fishing, but Kevin John checking in from Ferndale oh, with okay. a pile of dead <laughs> geese with his Ma- Browning Maxis 2 <laughs> sitting on top of it. So that's well, you call it dude. Really the, early, the early goose opener, yeah, yeah. Today, yeah. Jay Field checking in too. Oh, yeah. He's, they're all la- all our buddies are these in layout water, blinds. These right waterfowl now. guys, they got it bad, man. Yep. September rolls around. Here we go. All I can think about right now is, is fishing and college football. And then imagine the, you're one of these poor resident geese. Oh man, who, no. You live oh, on yeah. a you live been, on a golf course, right, been, and you've, then you fly dining, out to a field yeah, every day. You've been dining eat, on the fifth green, and yeah. then all of a sudden, one morning, yeah, you're flying to go get your yeah. breakfast and, oh look and, there's some guys that are already there at the table yeah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> boy listen yeah. they sure sound friendly yeah, yeah. here we go I, I tell you what though it's, and so some of those geese that we brought back from eastern washington though you know we we uh last december 1st we got to hunt with uh levi Rodello at yeah. uh from from uh from mardon and and uh, just a great shoot those those wheat fed geese absolutely eat phenomenal those ones we got with Austin Mosier, you know, on, on on Roosevelt, that was that was an absolute hoot that day too. They they eat really well, dude. They they're, do, they're, they're, yeah. You know, they they call Sandhill Cranes roast beef on the hoof, but those those Canadians and they even eating the right stuff. And honkers are yummy. They are. Well, look, all, all this stuff is yummy. Yeah, it is. Like we talk about, if if it's handled properly, you you know, you, the the key to those bears is like when I shot that bear, I normally get right to breaking it down, but. You know, I, I took the 10 minutes to hike Isaac sure. up to the glassing sure. knob, yeah. get him set up so he could continue the hunt, and then right back down there. Break that bear down, get that meat, meat cooled down, and that's the key to having good-tasting wild game is, you know, same thing with the geese. We we take care of them, and, and yeah, it's all it's all amazing food. Dude, You the, the, the quality of the protein that you get from the salmon, from the lingcod, from the rockfish, from the halibut, stuff like that, it, it would be— extremely expensive to go, you know, buy that, eat that out of a grocery store, right? Oh, I mean, geez. and I'm not saying that, you know, hey, it's expensive to maintain a boat and it's, you know, and, and but I'm telling you, the, the lifestyle that you enjoy and, and it, it's it's healthier for you to get the heck out of the cities and, and get, go get your own food, man. Go get your own food. It, it's kind of a cool feeling going into wintertime. Freezer full of salmon, freezer full of halibut. halibut. Still got, still got some venison from last fall. Still got some elk from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, you know, they like to scare you and talk about food shortages and hey, let's eat bug protein and stuff like that. And go ahead, go ahead. That's fine, right? Is you know, the old the old adage about Puget Sound is when the tide is out, the table is set, right? Yeah. And that's some of the stuff we're going to go do today. You know, we got some crab gear soaking. We're going to have a nice hot crab meal tonight. You know, and. And uh, last last night's salmon is going to become today's hors d'oeuvres. That's a big mm-hmm. hint to Kathy right now to go make Debbie salmon dip out of that little bit of smoked salmon and the, the stuff we had last night. I've been doing that. So, I, you know, we have salmon at the house probably at least twice or three times <laughs> a week. And I cook I cook like twice as much as I need to because Abs- dude, that, that's that ab- salmon yes. dip. And, you know, a lot of oh. times I don't have time to stop and get lunch. I just take some of that salmon dip. And I just eat that. Yeah. And it's 
a it's, great dude, little snack. It's phenomenal. So good for you too. You know, I, I could go on and on about the, the healthy omega threes that are in that and the stuff, how it's brain food and how it slippens up your bloodstream a little bit. And it's just it's just better for you. I mean, the the stuff that you get out of grocery stores these days is is, is not that right. No. And, but well, you heard but, Mark Boardman say the main thing he did was cut out all the processed food out yeah, of his diet, yeah. and he dropped twenty pounds. And sure. obviously, he is. I talked to him about his workout regiment, you know, yesterday, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I jump on the treadmill at work at lunch, and and you know." do a few miles on the incline. He's like, but really it was my diet. Yeah, I just yeah. cleaned up my diet. That's, that's another good line is you, you can't outrun a bad diet. Yeah. You know, that's, that's for sure. So yeah, no doubt about it. So get out. The, the Pacific Northwest has so much to offer from the sound of the mountains. And, and this is the interesting time of year where, you know, again, you kind of feel that fall nip in the air and the mountains are kind of calling, right? You know, and pretty soon we're going to get, you know, some archery big game seasons happening. And, and we're going to, you know, the first first uh, deer hunts well, of the year. And a high ar- archery, and, yep. archery deer. Oh, it's already started. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had. I'm three so days I get behind. To, so I get to the shop yesterday to go cut up my deer or my bear. And uh, a couple of my guys work in there. They're like, hey, there's two. De- we have this huge <laughs> barn, you know, these huge barns oh, yeah. there. They go, there's two deer out there in the barn. <laughs> and then the one guy goes, isn't it open? <laughs> and I was like, mm. I go, it is. I go, go go look at the regs and see what they are here in this area. And he comes back. He goes, either sex. <laughs> it's open and for like, archery. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you've been shooting your bow? <laughs> He's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let me think about this. Like, you know, because these yeah. deer oh, come yeah. down off the hill and they go out in our field. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll let one of my guys – you know, we there's so many deer out there. I was like, maybe I'll let one of my guys stick one of these deer, you know. And then we just break it down, hang yeah. it in the cooler, and he's got some amazing no, you got, meat you, for him and you, his family. You have absolutely the best place to do that, man. Yeah. So for sure, yeah. Looking forward to this fall. I got uh, I got, I got my Idaho A tag, and I got kind of a connection back there, Boise, with, uh, with the Palcoa family. And you got and, a pile of Montana yeah. tags oh, in your yeah. pocket. Well, I got just, just B tags this year. That's fine. Dude. That's fine. Yeah. It, I'm in. That's meat. You get an elk and a deer. You get a couple deer and an elk, and you're going to have to get another freezer. Mm, I'll start eating faster. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't need to do that. You missed any of the show, jump on MyNorthwest.com, get up on TheOutdoorLine.com for podcasts, or make sure you download that Apple Podcast app. All our Matt will have those shows up here shortly. Uh, Give us a follow on social media, at Joy Pyburn, at Rob Ensley, at The Outdoor Line, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Matt Nelson behind the glass, for Rob Ensley, he's heading off for his trophy caribou hunt. Joey Pyburn, who smells of bear. This is Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station, 710, and the Seattle Sports app.